This is the Jaguars Broadcast Weekend Review Podcast presented by TIAA Bank. It's Friday, January 13th, and we've arrived at the playoffs. I'm J.P. Shadrick with the best of the week from Jaguars Radio, Jaguars.com, and our social channels, Jaguars Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Today, it's a look ahead to the AFC wildcard playoff game between the Los Angeles Chargers and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Thanks for listening on Jaguars.com through the podcast link at the top of the homepage or on the official Jaguars podcast network. That's on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download your pods. We love feedback, of course, so leave us a comment and a five-star rating. Let's begin this week with the best of press conferences and locker room sound. And we begin with Doug Peterson from Thursday, his final media availability of the week. The Jaguars had to win five in a row down the stretch to take the division, but the intensity increases from here. You know, obviously this is a little different. The atmosphere will be different. The uh, the pace will be a bit different. The intensity will be a little different. I mean, it's just, just the way it is in the postseason. So I haven't seen a difference with the team, which is a good thing. We just got to, you know, we just got to focus in on our jobs. Quarterback Trevor Lawrence on Tuesday explained the mindset moving ahead for the team. Since we came back, it's really just been next week, like or this week, like moving on to the next week and focusing on the task at hand and realizing it's the same thought process this week to earn another opportunity next week. It's you just find a way to win, whatever it takes. You know, this time of year, the games are going to be tight, games are going to be close, and you just got to find a way to win. And, and we understand that, and I think our team has really rallied around that idea of whatever play needs to be made, we're going to find a way just to win the game. And I think we've done a great job of that. Running back Travis Etienne Jr. understands what this team has had to do the last month plus, and he feels like it can carry over. I mean, I feel like the only difference is uh, the title. It's, it's a playoff game now. We've been in these situations where we had to win, or we wouldn't be here in this uh, situation. And I feel like we're ready for that, we're prepared for that. And now uh, we all know what's at stake, so we got to go out there and just put our best foot forward and uh, just play our best game and see, see what happens at the end. Wide receiver Zay Jones in the locker room this week said the playoffs are what people will remember for the long run. The regular season is what it is in a healthy respect. You know, obviously you have to take care of business there in order to get to this moment, but here's where it matters. And if we want to keep creating the new narrative for this team and this city and and be the new Jags team that we have set out to establish, it starts with a moment like this. And what an incredible opportunity that that we have to, to show that and display that. We move to the defense now, and outside linebacker Josh Allen was the AFC Defensive Player of Week 18. And he's been huge in the five-game win streak to end the regular season with multiple sacks, pressures, impactful plays, and, of course, the game-winning fumble return touchdown last week. He explained his late-season resurgence. Just being patient. Uh, you know, I've always worked hard. It's just letting those opportunities come. You know, I've been you know dialed in with myself a little bit more. Uh, I've been talking to a lot with Todd Washington from the offensive line, Coach, uh, he's somebody that I entrusted, and he's helped me out, you know, to this point. But it's just, you know, collective of everybody doing the right things. Me working hard, I guess, and before and after practice, and doing what I need to do, and uh, being where I need to be. And I knew when the moment comes, when the opportunity comes, if I keep stakes, keep keep at it, you know, good things are gonna come. And now, gotta keep on going. The Jags' defense has come through with impactful plays down the stretch, of course. And middle linebacker Foye Olua can explain the mindset behind it. You know, a lot of times things are, are going bad or, or not how we plan, but you know, it's football. Things are always go as you plan. We come in halftime. I just love how like, everybody's calm, saying, you know, is that our best football? No, we're still what a score down. Like if we just start playing well, we can really flip this game, turn around, and then you just make one play, and everybody ha- uh, feeds off of that confidence, and all of a sudden a bigger play comes from that, and then everybody just um, you know flowing off of that. So it's really just the confidence to understand that you know we can t- turn the game around while the game's still going on. 
Now to defensive coordinator Mike Caldwell and the Jags' defensive matchup with Chargers running back Austin Eckler. He can be a problem in the passing game. When you have a running back that uh, has over 100 catches, that says something about him. And he's a guy that they trust and they get the ball to a bunch. But I think it works well with them because outside you have to pay so much attention and then that opens up for him and the tight ends uh, underneath. But as a coordinator, you just go out there and you just try to understand where the matchups are and how they try to attack you and try to you know, hone in on that and give a guy the good plan. Safety Rayshon Jenkins loved the energy from the crowd at TIAA Bank Field a week ago, and he expects nothing less this week. Oh, I expect it to be crazier. And honestly, last game was probably the craziest game I played in as far as the crowd and everything. I was just crazy, electric. Duval, y'all impressed me. And we looking forward to the same thing this weekend. All the press conferences and locker room sound available on Jaguars.com. Let's rewind to Jaguars Happy Hour Radio from Monday afternoon and a review of the Week 18 win over the Titans and a glimpse ahead to what the Jaguars could do in the playoffs. Tony Baselli and Pete Prisco are with us now, and the Jaguars are the AFC South champions. They will host the Chargers in a wildcard playoff game, and Tony locked it so many weeks ago, and it came true. Congrats. <laughs> that drives Pete crazy that I locked it and it worked. <laughs> because you didn't really believe it. There's no way yeah, you believe it. No, you didn't. You did it for clicks and hits and people's talking about you because that's who you are. That's not who I am. You know I believed it. This team was playing good football. And if you look at the five-game losing streak, I could argue that they should have won every one of those games. But even if they just win three of them, they'd have been the best team by far in the AFC. And that coupled with the injuries that the Titans and the way they were playing, I felt like this, you know, the Jags, if they could run the table, they ended up not having to run the table. Um, they did lose the one to Detroit that I thought might hurt them. But I did believe that this team was good enough to make the playoffs. Did you just say they would have been the best team in the AFC? AFC South. Okay, okay, oh, okay. Because okay, I know yeah. you've gotten carried away over here recently. So I, I didn't know what you were, where you were going with that. But it sure sounded like you said best team in the AFC. Did he not, JP? No, he said it. But AFC yeah. South. Okay. I'm okay. AFC South. That's what I okay. meant. Okay. And they would have, and they probably would have been a higher seed <laughs> if they won a couple of those games. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, you know, it works out how it works out. I, you know, I don't think. I mean, if you sit, take a step back and you look at the top three seeds, I, I don't know if you ever surpassed them. You know, Cincinnati, Buffalo, and Kansas City. They are the class right now of the AFC, and that's what we have to go. We have to go beat those type of teams. We have to make it. Now you have to make a run in the playoffs, where you get the credibility that you're considered one of those teams, and you have to do it more than one year at the same time. Um, so I think if you look at the AFC playoffs right now, I think it's it's the Chiefs, the Bills, and and the uh, and the Bengals, and then there's a gap between everyone else. I think everyone else is trying to fight their way into that top three, and this is a great opportunity for the Jaguars uh, to do something. You know what? Jacksonville is not unlike the Bengals a year ago. If if that's you know you maybe you can maybe you can get hot and get a run. And now the Bengals are around now, and they're going to be around now. And I've said that before. I said Jacksonville's going to be around for a long time now with with Trevor Lawrence as the quarterback. So maybe this can be their year to put themselves on the map and you know go upset somebody. You know, go on the road and do that. Win this week and then go upset somebody, and then all of a sudden people start talking to you about you like the Bengals are now. I think that's the, that's the big that's the big task right now. Look, every year somebody comes from nowhere. 
Every year, it's too easy to say that, too, that both conferences look very top-heavy. You know, you look at the end of, the NFC, it's the 49ers, the Eagles, and, and who? It's for those two, and this is three teams. And so, but don't you think somebody's going to find a way to get hot and make a little run? Somebody. That's what usually happens, Pete. It's usually, it's, it's, it very rarely goes chalk. We have the, you know, one and two seeds in both conferences in, in, the, in the title games. And last year, you said it right, it was, it was the uh, it was the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, the year before that, it was Tampa Bay who made a run and, and from the wild card and ended up winning the whole thing. So it's right there for them. I mean, you always say, and this is what's been said about the in NFL playoffs for years and years and years, just get into the tournament because then it's the hottest team. It's the team that's playing the best. It's the hottest quarterback or defense that gets on a run and starts doing stuff that's special. And you don't get to have that opportunity unless you, you win your division or get one of those wild card spots. The Jags won the division. They're going to have a home playoff game. You know, and now you now it's a new season. Nothing matters. The the records, none of it matters. And it's it's win or go home type of scenario. And that is a great opportunity for a team like the Jags. Because they should be playing, you know, pressure free. Like, hey, this is like we're in this thing. We're not here. We're not just happy to be here. We're here to win the whole thing. And let's let it go hang out and uh, see what we can do. Jaguars Happy Hour Radio Monday airs 4 to 6 p.m. on 1010XL AM and Jaguars social media. That's Jaguars Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Let's move now to a preview of my weekly conversation with pride of the Jaguars running back Fred Taylor and his thoughts about the running back matchup in this week's game. Austin is a, a good back. You know, he's a good back. He's just outside of my, you know, top five. Um but he is a, a a solid back that you know he's gonna be there. You know he's he he's straight downhill. You know north and south runner. Uh, obviously he does a great job around the end zone. He's has a gang of touchdowns almost each and every season. Uh, not a flashy back. You know if I just looked at him for flash, I wouldn't say I like his style at all. But I like his production. You know I like that he can catch the ball really well. He's a high target back out of the backfield, whether it's outside running slants, flat routes, you know, uh, isolation routes out of the backfield, checkdowns. He consistently catches the ball well. Travis, on the other hand, he's dynamic. He has burst, extreme burst, uh, fast. Uh, I didn't think he was that fast until, you know, he broke that long one uh, a couple weeks ago and he really got out of the gate. Uh, we don't see Eckler with a lot of long runs, but he like he is steady and consistent. Uh, and the beauty about what Austin has going on over there, he has two really good receivers that uh, doesn't allow for the defense to put that eighth guy in the box. You got to honor Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Those guys are are, are are tremendous threats in the pass game, and that's what makes Austin, you know, go. So yeah, it'll be good to see both of these guys get out there. Hopefully our guy outdoor and bounced back from a week ago. You know, I'm sure he's anxious and ready to put up some big numbers because last week the Titans did a really good job against our run game. But as you mentioned, JP, the Chargers hadn't been good against the run. So hopefully we can take advantage of that. All right, Fred, final thought with you here. The atmosphere last week was huge, obviously. It's a playoff game now. It's only the fifth playoff game in Jacksonville ever a lot of the playoff games of course have been away so you got to take advantage of this environment manage your emotions 
it's uh, every mistake is magnified in the playoffs. Uh, you you know how it is. You've, you've been in these games before, Fred. So what can we expect in the atmosphere and the nerves and the jitters in this game? You know, the atmosphere was amazing. Uh, you know, I pulled up maybe two hours before a kickoff and the parking lot was packed and loaded. And that's football like that is football. And that's what we, you know, what I had grown to be accustomed to, you know, earlier in my career. That that's football. That's the beauty of of, of football in, in Jacksonville. That primetime atmosphere. It, it was so good, man. Uh, make me dizzy is what I say. Looking around, you get dizzy looking in the crowd. You know, it's so many fans. It's like a sea of, you know, teal. That was beautiful last week. The, the teal out. It was a sea of teal. You got the black and the like. It was so amazing, JP. Uh, I just get excited. You know, it, it makes my adrenaline pump. And you look up in the stands and, you know, they're kind of going up and down and kind of wavy and it's dizzying, as they say. And it was loud, man. It was just the the best atmosphere that I've seen since it's been called TIA Bank. You know, when it was uh, Everbank Field and Alltel Stadium, the good days. Uh, now it's good days. Have a lot to cheer about. And I hope everybody shows up and make it happens again. The full conversation with Freddie T available Saturday on the official Jaguars podcast network, or you can hear it in Countdown to Kickoff Saturday night. In a moment, building a powerful national anthem performance with Grammy Award-winning musicians Susan Tedeschi and Derek Trucks. Hall of Fame coach Tony Dungy explains what Doug Peterson's impact has done for the team. Ian Eagle of Westwood One Radio and CBS Sports on the AFC quarterback battles to come. Plus the final word from head coach Doug Peterson. All that after this. Jags fans, fill your wallet with one debit card that screams Duval exclusively from TIAA Bank. The Jacksonville Jaguars Visa debit card comes with a fierce look and fantastic features so you can pay with pride wherever you go. And it's yours free when you open a yield pledge checking account. Up your financial game today. Visit a financial center near you or find us at TIAABank.com slash JagsCard. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back to the Jaguars Broadcast Weekend Review Podcast presented by TIAA Bank. And as of Friday afternoon, limited tickets remain for the AFC wildcard playoff game between the Chargers and Jaguars. They're expected to release some standing room only tickets before kickoff. Visit Jaguars.com or call 904-633-2000. Before the game, the national anthem, of course, performed this week by Jacksonville's own Derek Trucks and Susan Tedeschi of the Grammy Award-winning Tedeschi Trucks Band. They are season ticket members with the Jags, and the Jaguars are 2-0 when Susan performs the anthem. It will be the first time, though, they'll perform the national anthem together. They joined us after rehearsals Thursday on the Doug Peterson Show. How long does it take you guys to come up with the 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 process of trying to come up with something new and blending the two of you together for the anthem you know it it usually comes together pretty quick i mean you get the idea i I listened to some different versions and i couldn't find any just guitar and voice (laughs) so you have to find some hybrid and then it's just you know following her following her voice and uh figuring out what works you know, you, you stumble along the way. Luckily, you're not in front of 70,000 people when, when you're rehearsing. Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> Spending all week with a Derek Trucks, Susan Tedeschi with us from Tedeschi Trucks Band. They'll have the anthem Saturday night here at the bank. All right, so uh, Jags fans, season ticket holders, I mean, the epic run to the division title. 
we're all floored by it. It's incredible. Um, but Derek, I mean, just seeing him finish this thing the other night was incredible. I, I mean, so what a way exciting. to go out. And and it, it was interesting because it's, it's been a long time since you, as a fan, and I, you can see it in the players where there's just this sense of um, just give us the ball back. We'll probably take it down the field or something's going to give. Like, you there wasn't always a, a lot of hope. Bill, <laughs> it was okay. if you had the lead, it was almost like a, let's hold on, and it's a different spirit. Like it feels like the team is in a different headspace. And I remember sneaking down to a practice this year, uh, preseason, and it was a different feeling right out of the gate. Well, training camp, that's right. Training camp, yep. and it, and you could just tell it was a different energy. Um, and you know, it was a, it was up and down here, but the, it seemed to never uh, get off the rails entirely. I mean, we were three and seven, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. incredible to be here. But it, you know, it it always felt like uh, it was possible, and it's it's fun to watch it happen. I mean, you got uh, you got a coach, you got a quarterback, you got to take it to the show. It's pretty uh, pretty good. I, I like our chances. <laughs> so. so you were mentioning the coach. I mean, that makes a huge difference yes. when you got a guy like Doug Peterson around. When I heard that we were getting Doug Peterson, I was like, "We're going to the Super Bowl." <laughs> Everyone's laughing yeah. at me, and I'm like, she "What are you laughing at?" Doug, I was I, like, "Our boys need to be led. They need a great coach, and we got a great coach. This is the first time I don't have to worry about if we're going to have good clock management or if they're going to make good <laughs> calls. Because in the past, it, I'm sorry, I'm just I'm going to say it. It was not good. But <laughs> this is a real coach with a beautiful attitude. He's gonna he's gonna get these kids ready. They're going to go in and they're going to surprise people. I mean, and I'm a, telling you, I would guy, not be you know? shocked if we are AFC championships. Oh, All right, let's go. Is that a lock, Susan? Let's go. I'm locking it down. I'm locking it down. the lock. I the mean, anything lock? could happen. Once you get to the playoffs, that's the hardest part. I grew up in New England. I've seen it all. I grew up in the Grogan years. Come on. I think we could do the it. Grogan I really years. do. I think that anything can happen. Once you get this far, you know, and you, you're, we have the momentum. Come on, let's go. The full conversation available on the archive of the Doug Peterson Show, and we'll hear final thoughts from the Jags head coach coming up. Ian Eagle has been with CBS Sports as a play-by-play announcer since 1998, but he's called Thursday Night Football on Westwood One for the last 15 seasons. He has the call of Saturday's game on Westwood One Radio, and we talked this week about the future of the quarterback position in the AFC for at least the next decade. Yeah, and that's why... You have to get it right. When you have a a high pick in the draft and there are quarterbacks on the board, if you don't get it right, it can set your franchise back many years. The Jets are feeling this right now. The Chargers in Jacksonville are very confident in the picks that they made and the way that it's played out for three seasons in L.A.'s case, two seasons in Jacksonville's case. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think we might look back on this game many, many years from now and say, oh, yeah, that was the first one, because there have been multiple over the course of the next decade. And I expect it, barring, obviously, any kind of serious injury for these two guys. They are more of the classic quarterbacks compared to guys that run and take big hits. Lamar Jackson, the one that's sitting this one out. We saw it with Philadelphia and Carson Wentz. It was a big hit that that sent him to IR and allowed Nick Foles to emerge as the guy in Philadelphia to win the Super Bowl. Andrew Luck, whose career came to a shocking halt because I think he got concerned about his life after football, after all of those big hits. These two guys are more of the classic QBs. Doesn't mean They won't run. We've seen it with Trevor Lawrence. He'll run if necessary, and he doesn't mind dishing out some punishment if need be. But 
you know, the comparison is what, JP? It's always going to be the the Brady and Manning incarnation and, and what came of that, uh, that first playoff meeting, and then the fact that those guys were winning championships regularly between the two of them. I think that Trevor is really gifted, and he looks the part. He acts the part. We just needed to see him play the part, and now we've seen it. No longer is it theater of the mind. We've seen it. With Herbert, man, it was the first game, literally the first game he played in when he had to step in for Tyrod Taylor at the very last moment against Kansas City that we all saw, oh, whoa, that's that's what an NFL franchise quarterback is supposed to look like. Big, strong, ridiculous arm, composed. Uh, nothing seems to rattle him. He's the prototype for what we're looking for at that position. The rocket arm, all the physical tools, and he's done everything that they hoped that he would do, and then some. He didn't have all his weapons this year, and here we are again leading up to this game, not exactly sure what's going to happen with Mike Williams. So Herbert's dealt with it before, and he's just relentless in his pursuit of being the best guy doing this job in the NFL. The conversation with Ian Eagle available on the official Jaguars podcast network starting Saturday. Now to Jags drive time Wednesday morning. Tony Dungy is the analyst this week on NBC Sports and the Hall of Fame coach joined Brian Sexton and John Osier to discuss the Jags resurgence and the man at the helm, head coach Doug Peterson. Well, I have to tell you, I have a vote on the AP uh, awards and I voted for Doug for coach of the year because I, I think what he has done I knew he would do well, and I knew he'd transfuse energy into this franchise and get them going, but I thought it would be a a couple of years to really get it, and it clicked in after about eight weeks. Uh, It's amazing. We had the uh, Hall of Fame game uh, for uh, NBC. We were broadcasting, and I was down on the field before the game, just kind of watching, taking notes, and Josh Allen came up to me, and he said, we are going to be on your show. We're going to be on Sunday Night Football by the end of the year. We're a good team. People don't know it, but I promise you we're going to be there. And we talked about that, and he was right. Uh, he said he could feel the energy. He thought Coach Peterson was the right person for them. And, and I felt that from everybody there. Guys were so excited that it was genuine, and um, they've done it. Coach, I'm not sure how well you know Doug. But, you know, in uh, working with you for the seven or eight years we worked together and then working with Doug, so many similarities to me in terms of approach, in terms of the calmness, in terms of keeping things at an even keel. I'm wondering if you know him that well and if you see some of those similarities. I really do. I got to know Doug uh, their Super Bowl year in Philadelphia. I was working for NBC. We had the game and my assignment for the two weeks leading up to that was to track the the Eagles and report on them. So I was in Philadelphia for a week and I saw the same type of thing. I saw how the players talked about him. Uh, I saw their response to adversity. And uh, that year, if you'll remember, Nick Foles had to take over um, for Carson Wentz. Wentz got hurt and everybody said, oh, the season's over. We had a great run, but now it's not going to work. And none of the players felt that. Everyone felt Coach Peterson will figure this out. And that calmness and that sense of we're going to be okay, that's that's what he transmits. Coach, this team has an incredible number of uh, free agents that contribute for it. And when you were with the Colts, it was not a free agent-based team. But I'm wondering if you could speak to how difficult it is for a coach and for a team to come together the way this team has. All three wide receivers or all three of their leading receivers are new this year. 
Aluakun's new this year. Uh, Brandon Sheriff's new this year. That's a lot to come together in one offseason. And that's why I voted for, for Doug for Coach of the Year, because that is a difficult task. Usually that's a two- or three-year uh, process. But he's molded these guys. He's gotten them, gotten them going and gotten them together, and it's fantastic. I actually had uh, phone calls with the, the two coordinators uh, yesterday and today, and both of them, Press and uh, Mike Caldwell, talked about just how these guys have stepped in. And he also said something very interesting to me. He said, we didn't go after that big luminary, that $20 million star. We went after guys who were team players. We went after guys who were hard workers. We went after good teammates. And that's one thing, too, I think, evaluating who you want and who you're going to bring into the mix. And they, they brought some outstanding young people in there. Uh, I happen to know a lot about the Clemson program because uh, I'm very close with Coach Sweeney and been around them. So when they drafted Trevor and uh, Travis Etienne, there was no doubt in my mind the kind of people they were getting. And I, I think that's been the hallmark of this this building process. Coach, you had a team in Tampa that sort of came out of nowhere and uh, and I made the playoffs and, and the city was electric, probably much the way uh, Jacksonville is right now. What's Doug's task in uh, getting this team to sort of thrive on that feeling but not have it overwhelm them? Is that a thing? It, it really is. And you do want to build on that and build on that energy and emotion. I, I remember the year we, we made the playoffs in 1997 for the first time in, in Tampa and our owners came over on that Monday and said, hey, we've got people buying tickets at the stadium. Do you want to go over and say hi to them? And we're going to pass out some donuts and juice. So I went over about 9 o'clock in the morning expecting to see a line of 25 people. The line was all the way around the stadium. <laughs> and, and that's the, the kind of energy. And we saw it, um, you know, we, we saw it Saturday in Jacksonville. And I, I just think it's going to be an outstanding atmosphere. You want to embrace that as Jaguars players and coaches. You want to know, hey, our town is behind us. Our fans are behind us. But you still have to say, this is football. And we've got to go out and just execute just like we do in the regular season. Yes, the stakes are higher. Yes, everybody's going to be energized. But you know what? We've got to do our jobs the same way and not get too high. Coach, you mentioned having a feel for Trevor before he came into the league. I'm just wondering your thoughts on him. You were with Peyton for a long time. I'm not asking you for a comparison there. But uh, what kind of uh, franchise quarterback can this kid be? Very similar mindset. Um, I, I see a lot of those same qualities. A, a, a guy who galvanizes his teammates. Everybody likes him. Everybody wants to be around him. Uh, but the thing that I, I think the biggest quality that Trevor and Peyton have is – they hold themselves to a high standard. Uh, Trevor Lawrence wants to play well. When he makes mistakes, he takes it personally. So he's working hard. And when your quarterback is one of the hardest working players, then everybody else senses that. They, they get in the same mindset and he can hold them to a high standard. So uh, I, I do see a lot of similarities. Jags Drive Time airs Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday on Jaguars.com and Jags social media. Let's close the week with Jags head coach Doug Peterson from his weekly radio show Thursday night and his final thoughts on the AFC wildcard playoff game. Final thought with you here, Doug. Uh, we, we mentioned the rally to get back and, and win the division, but now it's in the tournament. That's all in the rear view. It's about the matchup week to week. Is the Jaguars football team ready for this moment this week, and what do you expect on Saturday night? 
the the team is ready. You know, we we've been. I, I keep telling the guys that they've been they've been preparing themselves all season for moments like this, and we're kind of built for it. Um, you know, the preparation they've had these last last seven eight games has really kind of put us in a position to uh, to understand the magnitude of games like this. And and I, I tell you this, one of the things I see with our team too is there's no. They don't get really high and they don't get really low. They just kind of stay right in the middle, and and um, they do a great job of that. You know, emotionally, they 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 just kind of focus on their jobs, and 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 that's what we ask them to do. And so they're ready. Um, they'll be excited. Uh, you know, to have a home playoff game. You know, here in Jacksonville is a big thing. You've been in the playoffs before. There's nothing better, is it? There's nothing better this time of year. Um, it's very special, you know, especially when you can host a playoff game and and then uh, you know see what you can do. And listen, it's a you know everything's a must win from here on out and and that's a that's a that's a hard thing but uh you know our guys are ready to go the doug peterson show thursdays at five on the jaguars radio network that will do it for this week the number five seed los angeles chargers and the number four seed jacksonville jaguars at tiaa bank field the game is presented by dailies it's nicer here we're on the air in jacksonville at five o'clock saturday with the public's tailgate show then at seven o'clock it's countdown to kickoff on the jaguars radio network the opening kickoff for the chargers and jaguars matchup set for 8 15 eastern time Enjoy the weekend, and let's make it a memorable environment Saturday night. Thanks for listening. I'm J.P. Shadrick. We'll catch you next week on the Jaguars Broadcast Weekend Review Podcast presented by TIAA Bank.